Hey, welcome to the Creator Hub. My name is Lloyd, and every single week we talk about the creator economy. By the way, are you subscribed to my email newsletter? If not, you can do so at bigcreator.energy. That's B-I-G-C-R-E-A-T-O-R dot energy. If you like the podcast, you'll love the newsletter. Now, I'm gonna be honest, this might be one of my best interviews ever. I literally flew to Atlanta just to interview this person. You've probably seen her face all over YouTube, especially if you're a creator and have a newsletter. My guest today is Angel Marie, and she's actually one of my favorite YouTube creators. She actually used to work for a company called ConvertKit, running all of their digital content online from YouTube to podcasting. And in this episode, we spoke about how she was able to build her personal brand while working at a company, how she navigates the challenges of being a creator, and ultimately, why she quit her job at ConvertKit to start her own business. I know you'll enjoy this episode, so let's dive in. Angel, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast, The Creator Help Podcast. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually very nervous about this. This is the first time I've actually written questions because I wanted this conversation to be very fruitful. I feel like everyone I told that like I'm interviewing you has just been like, oh my gosh, like that's going to be really good. And that's just raised like my stress level about this. Wow. Well, I'm sorry to stress you out. (laughs) I'm really excited to be here. And wow, that makes me feel so special. But yeah, I already know the conversations are going to be good. It's going to flow. It'll be great. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get in, I actually need to ask you something. And you can't judge me for asking this question. Oh, no, I'm scared. What's the so question? I know before you were at ConvertKit, mm-hmm. you were at Reach Records. And yes. before you were at Reach Records, you were at Streets 4-5. Right? Streets 94-5. But yes, yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. You know now, my journey. Okay. Right. Now, my favorite radio show ever uh-huh. is actually on that radio station. And it's a show called like Second Date Update. Are you familiar with yes. this show? Yes. Oh, Yo, my it, gosh. Second Date Update. I literally don't want to like it, but I just... Literally during the pandemic, I would just listen to it every single day. That was like my thing. Oh, man. It's so good. That is hilarious. Yeah. Second day update. I remember specifically helping out with that segment of the show on the radio station. And it would be so funny because (laughs) sometimes we would have to help out trying to find people and... Here's a little secret. Yeah. If we couldn't find someone, like we would have to be actors. Seriously. <laughs> I suspected that, but I didn't want to believe it. Honestly. It was it was very rare though. Mostly it was like actual people, but yeah. I remember one moment I had to act and I was yeah. like, Oh, this is awkward. I mean, I'm nineteen years old and this is uncomfortable for me and I have to pretend like I'm going through this second date. Yeah, it was yeah. the whole thing. Wow, they <laughs> got it so down to a science and I feel like real or not, I feel like it's so entertaining that people just bypass oh, any yeah. like suspicion. But, oh, yeah. Especially because, I mean, it's think about TV, film. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows, obviously, it's not real, but yeah. we watch it because it's so good. Yeah. Same thing One, with Second Date Update. One thousand percent. Part of like why I'm really excited to chat with you is this idea that I feel like most of my audience is aspiring creators. And mm. I think just this journey alone, it's very complicated to navigate. And I think there's so many nuances like, you know, I think often when people think about creating content or being entrepreneurs, it's sort of this idea of like, how can I do this enough? so that I can quit my job. But Mm. no one ever thinks that like maybe your job could help you grow your personal brand, for example, right? And so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how faith intersects intersects 
with like creating content. Mm -hmm. But I want to start by just understanding how did I feel like I know you most from ConvertKit. How did you get there? Like what was your background up until that point? Yeah, that's such a good question. So honestly, I have to give all thanks to God for the opportunity to even work for a creator marketing company like ConvertKit. Because when I had originally applied at the time, I was working for this startup company. You know, I, I look back now and I'm like, that was a great experience. And I'm glad that I had this opportunity to help this physical business and start up this company. But I was going through it <laughs> when I was working at that job. I just I honestly just wasn't happy. It wasn't aligning well with my morals, values and what I truly believed in as a person. So I, I was like, OK, I got to start looking elsewhere. And at the time, my aspirations were to be in the music industry. I also was going through kind of this spiritual transition where I felt like God was redirecting me and I wasn't really understanding what I was hearing at that time. So long story short, I was like, okay, let me just apply. But I had two requirements. The job had to be work from home. It had to be that. And it had to be a company that aligned with what I actually believed in. And so I just started applying everywhere, ConvertKit being one of them. And I just remember wanting that position so bad. I mean, everything about the company from the mission to the team to working from home to who they were serving, which are creators. I just I wanted it so bad. And I prayed on it day and night. And honestly, I was one out of hundreds of applicants who they chose and ended up being one of the youngest people on the team fresh out of college. I mean, it really was it really was God and it really was Nathan, the CEO at the company and the the marketing team at the time, really believing in me and my potential. So it just it really was a blessing. It's so funny. Like when I look back on the work you've done now, it feels like you were so early. Some of the things that I think are now just becoming normal and accepted like remote work or even yes. just like creating content online. Like three years ago, that was like non-existent. Yes, it was right. so it was very rare. Yeah. Yep. So it's like to, to get the opportunity to do that is really special. Were at that point, had you created any sort of content online or was it like new to you? Yeah. I, so at that point I had just created a website and I'd started to blog. But man, I wish I would have taken screenshots of what my first version of a website and blog looked like because it was, it was so it was so bad. Yeah. But we all got to start somewhere, right? Right, right. So, but yeah, I remember I was so excited about it with the website and the blog, but that was like me barely diving into that and some social media content at the time. Yeah. And so you, you're fresh out of college, you work at this startup and you're like, this is not it. Yeah. But then you get this amazing opportunity to work at ConvertKit. And Nathan, like the CEO, I, I've seen like just a few interviews with him and he seems like an amazing person. Like He's just incredible. the way he thinks about startups, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's fantastic. Yes. Was there any expectation when they hired you that you were going to be creating content, you were going to be the face of anything? Or was that just something that happened more organically? That's a great question. It was the the expectation when I first started the role. I remember one of the first things they said was like, get ready because you're going to be one of the main faces of the brand. And with my background in, you know, working at record labels and even getting into acting in the music industry, I was already so used to a stage presence. I was used to the camera. So it wasn't anything that I was nervous about at the time. I think that because I was so new to the online creator space, I really had to find this part of me that was more comfortable showing up, even if I wasn't a complete expert yet in those fields. And I remember like I was just all excitement at the time. So when I look back at old videos of myself, (laughs) it's like so dramatic. And so, hi, I'm Angel. Welcome to ConvertKit. And I'm just like, oh, my God. 
gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just so excited and new and so so passionate about it. So yeah. You know. And I think that can be scary. Like a lot of like the people I create content for, they're starting their first podcast ever. And so they're learning like how do I have conversations with people on camera? Yeah. And a lot of the people that they're asking to be on their podcast are people that have more experience in their industry than them. And so yeah. there is this imposter syndrome that sort of makes you feel like I'm not qualified to even be interviewing right. this person. How did how did you deal with that? Man, honestly, I and that's another reason why I'm so grateful for the team at ConvertKit for taking a chance at on me for someone who was so early on in her career because they had to train me through that. Like yeah. they really had to kind of instill this encouragement and motivation in me so that I wasn't allowing imposter syndrome to overcome my ability to do my work. Yeah. So I remember they kept telling me like we see star quality in you. We wow. see star quality in you and they kept reinforcing the fact that I didn't need to be an expert to show up well on camera and to show up confidently. So I remember like when I first started doing ConvertKit content, I remember specifically telling myself those things in my head, like, Angel, you have star quality. You know, you have star quality. You know, you're called to something great and you don't have to be an expert in this. And I think between those affirmations in my head and honestly, just having a team of people that supported this process for me was so helpful in stepping into confidence and just showing up, you know? I mean, interviewing these seven figure entrepreneurs and I'm just like, in my mind, I was feeling that way. But over time, I just showed up and was so confident. And then as I grew as a creator myself and learning those strategies and really stepping into my power and who I knew that I was, it became so natural, so natural. That's amazing. And I feel like, you know, I started my creator journey, maybe like a year and a half ago, like specifically like on the video front with like TikTok videos and stuff. And I feel like when I think about where I've grown to versus where I've, you know, even like today, like there's some weeks where I will plan all of my content and Mm -hmm. I'll say, you know what, like I'm going to batch record this on Saturday and then Uh, Saturday will come and I just won't feel like it. And so (laughs) I won't do it. Right. And that's okay. Right. I'll just do it next week. Right. But when you work at a company, you don't have that same type of flexibility. You kind of, like you kind of have to do it that day. What was it like for you just working somewhere and sort of like having almost like this that yeah that Mm -hmm. expectation on you it was really tough I think my first year I was all excitement and just such a you know that beginner excitement where you're just like I'm just gonna do it I'm gonna meet these deadlines it's gonna be great and I was all excitement and then after that burnout was kicking in like crazy I remember I had to step into moments of taking mental health days off and really having these more personal conversations with different people on my team at the time because it was really hard I mean, I've always been passionate about showing up on camera and creating video content, but showing up on camera with a smile and inspiring people, even when you're down, when you're kind of going through something mentally, it's really tough. And I think that that's a level of professionalism that I had to learn to step into to show up even if I wasn't feeling well or if my mind just wasn't in it because it was just a part of my role. And honestly, I'm grateful that I had to go through those struggle moments because I knew that at the time I knew that eventually I wanted to branch off under my own brand and business. I knew that I wanted to be a founder or a CEO of something, but I also knew that that came with responsibilities like that of showing up as a leader, even if you didn't feel like it, even if you were mentally going through something, it's a responsibility on leaders, especially in the online space to be consistent and to inspire other people, motivate them, help them with something because it's a struggle out here. And and as a leader, your, 
you're, you're stepping into that struggle in the middle of it and saying, you know what? I see you. I hear you. I want to help you. And even when I'm going through it, yes, I'm going to take the time for me to be okay, but it's also a responsibility and a calling on my part to make sure that you're okay too. Yeah, that's so good. And I, quite frankly, I don't think we talk about that enough. Yeah. I think like the creator journey is fun. I think in some ways it's trendy, it's new. Mm-hmm. And I think I would love to see like more people become creators, yeah. but I don't hear enough people talking about like creative fatigue. And I think the type of consistency that's required to be a creator yes. is just so, and you could like, there's people that have been doing it for like four or five years and mm-hmm. haven't maybe like hit their peak or seen results and they still have to keep going. What are some of the ways that you feel like I've helped you in terms of like whenever you're in a creative rut, trying mm-hmm. to get out of that? My first thing is really learning to set boundaries. I, at first, especially when I went into being a full-time creator, I just was wanting to do everything all the time to really build that foundation and get my brand more well-known. You know, working 12-hour days, working on Saturdays, I mean, I was just all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> and I it was very recently, actually, that I had to understand the boundaries to set, meaning can my Slack notifications be automatically turned off? Email, can email and social media, can I set a timer on my phone to not go on there on specific days or specific times throughout the day? Even, you know, things like like making sure that I was internally analyzing myself of like, okay, Angel, how can you tell when burnout is about to come on before it gets there. And um, that took me a while to learn because burnout would just hit. And, you know, my, my audience knows I struggle with anxiety. So when burnout hits, I would reach these panic attack moments. So I've been doing a much better job at doing those internal analyzations of like, OK, is burnout coming on? Do you need to step back? And if so, what? how are you going to step back? Is it going for a walk? Is it taking the next day off, even though you have plenty to do? What does that look like? So that would be my biggest thing. And then um, going back to what you mentioned earlier about batch creating. So I had to learn. I used to batch create a lot. Used to, keyword used to. (laughs) But it was so forced, you know. And I think when I find these moments where I'm super creative and I want to batch create, that's fine. But I had to stop forcing myself. And I think I just was like, oh, no, I have this responsibility to be a leader and show up consistently. So just do it, Angel, do it. And I think that there's a very strong difference between pushing yourself versus forcing it. So I had to learn and understand those differences. And if anything felt forced, just drop, just drop it so that I could, you know, reprioritize my mental health at that time. Are there ways you can tell when it does feel forced or more organic? Like, are there any Mm. particular things you feel with your content or creatively? Or is it just like, I feel overwhelmed, so I must be like forcing it. I think my biggest thing, I always remind myself that, okay, Angel, you might not feel like doing this today, but remember, there are people you're showing up for. There are people that you're helping. I always had to come back to the why and the mission and who I was serving. And if that inspired me enough to create or to show up, then I would do it. I would push myself to do it. But if I would ask, I would, if I would remind myself that, and there was like this negative energy that came with it, like, okay, Angel, show up for these people. You got this. You can do this. But I just felt like this weird anger or resistance still, even in reminding myself of my mission that I was passionate about, I knew that I I needed to pause for a minute and maybe come back to this tomorrow. That's so well said. And I, I love that so much. Hey, just a moment. We'll be right back. Listening to podcasts is one of the best ways to become a better podcaster yourself. If you're looking for recommendations, listen to feedback with earbuds. It comes from podcast industry enthusiast Ariel Nissenblad and features five podcast episodes each week that you should check out. You'll also get podcast industry news and some bonus exclusive content from creators around the podcast world. 
You can find and listen to Feedback with Earbuds wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more information on this initiative, go to earbuds.audio. That's E-A-R-B-U-D-S dot audio. Hey, welcome back. I think there's so much to talk about. I think like the convert kit aspect is like really important. And I think the context, so much of what you shared has given me a lot more context. And I, I want to like now you're creating content for your own brand and you've started your own business. Yes. And I want to talk about that. And I think there's just as a creator, so many different emotions and so many different seasons. And I want to start by talking about failure for a bit. Yeah. And I feel like I kind of used to look at failure as sort of like something to like avoid at all costs. Like if, if I'm trying something new and there's a chance I could fail, don't do it. But now inevitably it's just been like happening. Right. Yeah. And so like, you know, recently, maybe like a few months ago, the content I create on TikTok is primarily just like podcast tips. And people had always been asking like, Hey, do you like help people edit their podcasts? And finally I was like, you know what? Like I'll do it. <laughs> so I made this video and I'm like, yo, if you pay me $2,600, I'll manage your podcast. I'll do ABCD. And I thought that maybe like a few people would reach out, but like, like in like the sum of like three or four days, 72 people reached Ooh. out. So <laughs> here I am thinking like, oh my gosh, this is like going beyond anything I could have imagined. Yeah. And the more I, so I kind of like hit this high uh -huh. and then the more I actually started to talk to some of those people and just kind of find out like, yeah, I don't think this is the best fit or I don't think like I, I, your expectations are a bit off. Right. Long like story. you're not accepting every opportunity. Yeah. And so it ended up like out of those 72, zero of them ended up being like actual oh, pain. Wow clients. And so that in that specific moment, it felt like that was a failure. And so I feel like I'm getting a little more used to embracing this idea that like that is just a part of the journey. Yes. But how, yes. how do you deal with failure? Yeah, I used to struggle with failure and still do from time to time. And I think a lot of times if you struggle with failure, it derives from childhood traumas, right? It comes from something in the past where subconsciously you're like, this can never be me. This will never be me. It can't. It can't. And I think for me, I was so focused on never having financial stress, never wanting it as as commonly. That's most of us. That's what we want. Right. Yeah. But that's the thing is I've learned that money drives fear in people. And I'm such a mission oriented person in really helping people transition from being money minded to mission minded so that you're not being driven by fear and this constant need for more, 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 because that can make you go crazy right, without right. even realizing it. And you're just missing out on the whole purpose of truly helping people, which is that should be your biggest calling. You yeah. know, I recently learned this, but I learned that failure is OK. And instead of me projecting failure in the future of being like, oh, what if, what if instead just being OK with stepping into the unknown and realizing that being in the unknown comes with failing fast, like you have to be okay, not just with failure, but failing fast right. so that you can get to where you're trying to go. So what I mean by failing fast is just trying different things yeah. and being okay if it tanks, right, like, right. just doing it. And I, man, I have had failed launches where I'm like, you know, spent hours writing all of these email sequences yeah. and promo and nobody bought it. And I would sit there and cry my eyes out. <laughs> it's tough. It's, it's tough. so tough. Yeah. Man, it's so disheartening. But I think every creator has to go through that at that yeah. time because if you don't how are you supposed to ever know what to do right or what's wrong like yeah. how are you ever supposed to know how to navigate what works well for your business right. and the only way to understand that is to go through these failures and just do it quick fail yeah. quickly so that you can get to the results you're looking for I feel like for a lot of creators I can definitely tell mission driven is such like the perfect word and I feel like for me creating content online 
content has been like a great way to stretch my faith. And even though it's not like to other people, it may not feel like me doing this is a form of me like connecting with God, but mm. it, it definitely is for me. And, I, oh, yeah. and there's just like this idea of like creating something, putting it out in the world, leaving it there to like, yes. like, I think like half the things that have happened to me, I couldn't have like about them. I couldn't have said like, I want A, B, C, D to happen. It's just like, sometimes even just like the things he allows to happen are like far bigger than like my goals for yes. that specific year. So I want to ask just sort of like, you know, part of what I've seen on some of your YouTube content is just you sharing your faith journey. And I want to ask just sort of like, in what ways do you feel like your faith has helped you as a creator? I couldn't be a creator without it. I really couldn't. I can confidently say that. I think kind of going back to what I mentioned earlier, being a creator means that you're risking something. You are stepping into some territory of the unknown. Yeah. It is scary. You don't know if it's going to perform well or not, but What's so beautiful about showing up and being a creator anyway is that you're choosing to do so, you know, rather than trying it and, oh, if one thing fails, well, I guess you quit. You know what I mean? Right. It's really that this different level of never giving up that yeah. I admire so much about creators, entrepreneurs, even social media influencers. It's a whole different level of yeah. territory. So faith has just played a huge role. And I know I used to think when I when I felt like God was directing me to leave ConvertKit and brand off under my own business. When I started to hear that, I thought, oh, finally, it's here. I can go under my own brand. It's time. I'm going to listen to you, God. I'm going to obey. It's going to be great. Oh, my goodness. And it's like, I don't, I no longer believe that that's why God wanted me to branch off into my own brand was to learn how to make my own money. Like, yeah. yeah, that's a great part of it. And I love it. I love being an entrepreneur and a creator. But I think when it comes to my relationship with God, he was wanting to grow my faith. And the only way he knew that he was going to be able to do that in my life was if he took away some sort of security, right. which was paychecks, yeah. the benefits and all of these things that were promised. And, you know, it's great at the time, but I think because God knew my goals when it came to not wanting financial stress and just being more of a safe person. We c You can't grow in safety. You can't grow in comfort. You have to grow when you're uncomfortable. And God doesn't, I never believed that God wants us to play it safe. Jesus never did. I don't know if you've seen The Chosen. I'm right. obsessed with that show. It's so good. Visually, they just show how Jesus never played it safe. He knew his timing. He knew the risk to take. And he was just in partnership with God throughout that whole journey. And that's exactly how I want to live my life. Timing the partnership with God and, you know, guide, being guided through that journey. So yeah. uh, my faith was really tested and really having to learn what it looks like to trust God yeah. when those paychecks are gone. Yeah, I love that. And I, I want to talk about that because I think you said something really interesting. And I think part of what maybe others from the outside didn't see is like, hey, this person is transitioning from ConvertKit to do their own thing. And this is just a way for God to like expand their faith. Yeah. And sometimes that's very difficult to explain to people that really care about you because it's like yeah. you have the perfect like opportunity. You have the perfect job. Exactly. It's like giving you all the light. You get to grow your personal brand and get paid. It's just like perfect. Yeah. What was it like actually making the decision to leave? And what were some of the people around you, like your parents or family saying during that time? I would say it, it was a six month process for me because what I was hearing, I wanted to be very careful in not taking that leap of faith on my own. I wanted to only take it when I felt like God was telling me to. I wanted to be obedient. So I, it was the moment where I heard God tell me it's it's time to go to the moment I left was six months. Because when he told me that it was time to leave, I was hearing 
you'll leave in August. But he told me that at, in February at the time. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, come on. I thought now was the time. I do it earlier. Like, yeah. Now I got to wait six months. <laughs> and I think the hard part, which is what a lot of people are, are, would struggle with, is to still remain faithful to your job until it is time for you to leave. I do not believe in quiet quitting. I despise that term. I do. Okay, so here's the thing. I get it, right? I get quiet quitting. I understand why people would. And I understand that a lot of companies and businesses do not treat their employees fairly. And that's why people quiet quit. I get that. But at the same time, what people miss out on is the fact that in every position that you're in, you're there for a reason. And the differences that you can make aren't just in your own business or what you want to do. You can make differences right where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how God positions us is if you're a server at a restaurant, you have no idea the difference that you can make for the table that you're serving. And it's not like you need to be extra and do, you know, all this above and beyond things, but you simply showing kindness to them, that could be the only amount of kindness they receive that day. And that's something that I think a lot of people bypass of how special that is. So I always say it's like when it comes to what your purpose is, your purpose, the way that I see it is multiple callings that eventually make up your purpose. So a lot of people might feel like I'm not in my calling or I'm not in my purpose. And therefore, because this job isn't my purpose, I'm going to quiet quit because I don't like it here. Yeah. When it's like, nah, like that, that is yeah. a calling that will eventually lead to your purpose. There's something that you're learning there. Yeah. You're being equipped, no matter how much you hate that job or not, you're being equipped in some way. Yeah. You're learning what you like, what you don't like, what you should do, what you shouldn't do when yeah. it's time for you to start your own thing. And that is huge. Yeah. That experience is huge. So I just always recommend just be faithful in your work, even if you don't like it, because it's not about you. Yeah. You know, It's not always about us. It's about the people that you're around or the people that you're serving within that job. That's my biggest thing. It's like try your best to be put in that selfless position of being faithful, because if you learn that now, you'll learn how to remain selfless and um, continuously serve your audience sustainably when you are a full time creator. One thousand percent. I feel like people either put too much stake in their job or not enough. And yeah. I, I feel like there are some people like in the middle, too, that are just like, yo, I, I'm not like extreme in either way. But I do feel like sometimes for people that feel like I don't connect with this job and yeah. I'm not being treated well. Right. So why would I go like above and beyond exactly. for this job, which yeah. I think is what you're saying our opportunities come from because we mm. steward these like smaller opportunities. Well, yes, we get, like our next opportunity. Yes. So I definitely I, I definitely get your perspective and and resonate with that from the time you decided you were going to like leave to the time you actually Mm -hmm. left what was that six months like like what were you doing like were you building like your own thing were you like prepping were you like doing your budget like what was actually happening all of the above (laughs) i i in summary i was building the foundation for my business which i would recommend anyone do before they leave their job i think that's what a lot of people miss is they think that in order for them to build a business or to start this creative project or venture they have have to leave their nine to five before they even start it. When it's like you can leverage your nine to five while you start it. And yes, is that hard work? Absolutely. Because there's there's a time management skill there. You have to learn to still be at your nine to five and still dedicate yourself a certain amount of hours every week to start the side hustle or start the project before you even leave your job. So that's what I did. I knew that, okay, Angel, if you're going to leave in six months, what does it look like for you to remain faithful at this company and at the same time dedicate time to build the foundation of what will eventually be a full-time business? So I did, and it was hard. It was very hard, but I What was like hard about it? 
Time management was difficult. And because my role at the company was showing up on camera and also adding on this piece of showing up on camera for my business, it was like double the burnout. I had to learn how to balance that early on. I really had to learn that. So that that was the toughest part of it all. And then just making sure that all of the little nitpicky tasks, like the legalities of building a website or um, trying to launch any sort of coaching business and having the, the right contracts for that and setting up that automated system or process. Like I had to learn how to do those things step by step in order yeah. to build the foundation of the business while still showing up at work. And even with content creation, like I had started a, a podcast before I left my job, I was trying to be more consistent on social media before I left my job. And those things were difficult because those are things you have to plan. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, when you have a podcast or social media content, that is a part of your business strategy. It's not just, oh, let me create content. Like, yeah. no, there's planning that goes into this. Right. And um, man, that the commitment to do that was just it was tough. <laughs> yeah, okay, I can imagine. Angel, I, I want to like take a step back and like just ask you, because I feel like you've done a lot. And I feel like before podcasting was even popular before, like, like newsletters are very popular now. And I feel like you were talking about that like years ago. Yep. Um, You've done a lot both at ConvertKit and now like in your own business, creating content for yourself, coaching people. Like, does it feel that way to you? Does it, do you feel like you've accomplished a lot or do you? Oh, we about to get deep, Lloyd. You ready? (laughs) Hit me. (laughs) This is a really dangerous space for creators is the inability to feel satisfied. And I want to talk about that as my answer to your question, because it's like when I think about it, And I take the time to really appreciate my journey. I do come to terms with like, oh, yeah, I did do a lot. Even earlier when you were like, oh, you were at the radio station, reach records. In my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I was. (laughs) And it's so funny how so quickly we forget these amazing opportunities or experiences or accomplishments because we're always so focused on the next thing. And that is so, man, that's such dangerous territory to be in. And I am honestly still learning what it means to be satisfied in past accomplishments and satisfied in current ones rather than constantly existing in the future accomplishments that haven't even happened yet. And it's like, if you're always in the future, how are we ever going to appreciate the present moments? How are we ever truly going to live and not just exist? And um, when you kind of step into that headspace of existing rather than living in this world, it's scary. And I feel like that's where, honestly, that's where depression starts to to take lead internally if you're not careful. And I had to learn that. It's something that I'm still learning of what does it look like for me to have these goals and to remain consistent in striving towards them, but not at the expense of not appreciating what is now or what was. Even the times when I was broke, even the times when things weren't going my way, it's like there's something in that season that I could appreciate because it got me to where I am now and it's going to be a part of the journey to get me to where I'm trying to go. And that, that that's a lot of mental work to step into. And that's why I'm just so passionate about talking about mental health and well-being as a creator, because it is tough. And if you don't prioritize it, then man, insecurities, depression, so many things can take lead if you're not careful. Absolutely. You are such an inspiring person. Thank you. I feel like there are people that are listening that feel like, oh my gosh, like she is doing exactly what I want. I, that is like what I yeah. want to do. Um, and for some reason, 
they feel like they can't. And I mm-hmm. think people sometimes have this habit of looking at other people and sort of saying, well, like, well, Lloyd likes public speaking. So obviously it's easy for him to start a podcast. Well, well, Angel's always been in front of like the camera. And yeah. so I could see why she would be a content creator. But is there any advice that you'd have for someone that wants to be a creator, but is maybe just like afraid? Yes. Okay. Let, let me tell you something. Nothing is impossible without God. I know that's such a basic statement, but if you really think about that, nothing is impossible for you if God is in the midst of it all. And I know because I I do get that a lot where, oh, Angel, you're such an extrovert. Oh, Angel, you speak so well. And it's like, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate that. But there's a lot about me that is introverted. And if I do not take time to have my introvert moments every day, I will break. I, I need those moments. I need moments of even development. Yes, I've always been used to being in front of the camera and things like that, but singing was one thing. Acting was another thing. Speaking, I... So scared. Right. Like, there's... It might be, there might be a recording of this out there somewhere, but when I was at ConvertKit, I remember the very first in-person speaking opportunity that I had through the company was speaking at FlynnCon, which was Pat Flynn's conference. And I was so used to virtual speaking, right? Like summits and (laughs) workshops. So when they were like, Angel, you want to speak on the main stage for a keynote at FlynnCon? I was like, okay. (laughs) Sure. And, but it's like they they assumed that I was going to be so comfortable with it because I was already doing such a good job virtually. But I was so scared. Yeah. Gosh, I was so scared. And I <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so funny thinking about it now because I remember watching my keynote after I did it and being like, bruh, the shakiness in my voice, though. <laughs> it was so it was so bad to the point where people in the audience came up to me afterwards and they were like, do you need some water? Wow. Like, is- <laughs> That's so crazy. It was so bad. Yeah. And I just remember like, you know, faking it and being like, yeah, you know, my throat was dry. And in my mind, I'm like, no, I just wanted to pee my pants. I was so scared. Yeah. Man. But it's like now I get up on stage. I'm not shaky. Yeah. <laughs> like I might be a little nervous, but I, I use that to kind of escalate my excitement yeah. as to why I'm there in the first place. But it took time. It took practice. And it took me remembering that I can choose confidence over fear as long as I'm willing to put in the faith and the work to get there. And I, I, that's what I had to do. I had to keep telling myself, I had to keep telling myself, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And if I just kept picturing God as my literal business partner in everything that I did, even coming up on stage and speaking, I knew that with practice and with that mentality, I was going to step into confidence more and more. So for anyone that's, you know, scared to take that leap of faith, my biggest piece of advice is to know that nothing is impossible with God and do it scared anyway. Just do it scared. Do it scared. Do it scared. Keep telling yourself to do it scared because the more that you do over time, confidence is going to naturally arise in you. Yeah. I love that. Angel, thank you so much for joining me. It was amazing having you here and I can't wait to publish this. Yes, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can connect with Angel on Instagram at Angel Marie Official. You can find all links to her other social media accounts in the show notes. I really appreciate you listening to this episode. If you'd like access to exclusive content, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash creatorhub with an eight. That's patreon.com slash C-R-E, the number eight, T-O-R-H-U-B. Please make sure you join our newsletter at bigcreator.energy. Thanks for being here. Your support means the world to me. Peace. Peace.